Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Digital Coach. I'm your host, Ben Kamara, and each week I speak to the fitness industry's pioneers and thought leaders on how we can embrace technology into our digital fitness business. Now, today's guest I've been trying to get on since the beginning of this podcast, so I'm delighted to have Dan Lawrence onto the platform. Dan is the head of performance for Matchroom Boxing, so he has his strength and conditioning clients that are some of the best in the world. But he's also built an online brand called Perform365, which deals with not only athletes, but also general population. I wanted to talk about the business side of things today, rather than fitness and, you know, anatomy and physiology. And it was great to see kind of how he's grown his own personal development from trying to find out how a website works and the back end of that, but also trying to look at which is, you know, his client base that he wants to grow and how can he grow that audience by speaking to them using social media. There are a huge amount of nuggets in this episode for not only new trainers, but also experienced trainers. I myself, you know, found it really, really interesting. And I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. We're going to dive straight in. Hey guys, and welcome back to this episode of Digital Coach. Today, I'm joined, as mentioned, by Dan Lawrence. How are you doing, Dan? Good, thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Hope all is well with you, bud. Yeah, good. Good to see you. But I mean, first and foremost, uh, how are you finding it? How are you getting on? Everything all right during this COVID crisis? Health-wise, all is well. And obviously, look, it's far from ideal from a business point of view, but I kind of adapted and pivoted early and made some changes to the, to the business model. I ceased in-person coaching a lot earlier than most, just as a precautionate measure. My, my parents are a lot older and you know I, I try and do as much as I can for yeah. them. So I just thought... <laughs> God forbid, you know, if, if anything did happen, I didn't want that to be all on me. So I stopped that early on and, and thought, how can I, you know, change the business and pivot slightly moving forwards? And I have, I have done that and it's, it's worked pretty well for me personally. Cool. So what, what happened? Did you just see that people were locking down and just thought, do you know what, this is going to happen here. I'm going to start um, taking a step back. Or how did you make that decision? Exactly that. Yeah. So probably, I think it was around 12 to 14 days before I saw the last person via social media kind of cease in-person coaching um i just thought there's just not it's not worth the risk for me and also got got the vibe from some of my clients as well that you know they were quite hesitant because in essence and we still are massively in the unknown but at that time pretty much like what the hell is going on here so just as a precautionate measure i I thought that i'm financially in an okay position my clients are all set up i'm going to pull this back and just uh, see where it goes from here because i can't put anyone around me at risk no, I mean, I remember the last day, just to kind of touch on it, um, when we were kind of shutting the studios down, we had some trainers that were like, my clients are fine, you know, they're just going to sign a waiver. And I remember, um, it can't have been the last day, maybe a couple of days from the end, but a client was walking into the studio, I'll never forget it, and was kind of like, can I go near this person? You know, have you got anything to wash my hands? But I mean, we've all as fitness professionals had to had to pivot. But this podcast is obviously about digital coaching, which we'll obviously get into. But as always, when I've got coaches like you on the platform, I just love to kind of talk shop and talk about, you know, your methodology, you know, and, you know, what you're doing. So I know that you, you're you always putting out a lot of educational um, pieces. So guys uh, that are listening to this, check out Perform365. Um, but you always talk about your big rocks. Can you maybe tell us a bit about that um, when you're, you know, going into programming, etc.? Yeah, for sure, Ben. I think for me, simplicity wins and my big rocks around, you know, training fundamentals and high performance are number one training, obviously, providing a sufficient stimulus and stressor upon the system to allow for positive adaptations to occur, whatever that may be in terms of where the individual is starting at. So that would be number one. Nutrition, which obviously fits hand in glove with uh, with the training piece there. So uh, yeah, that's obviously paramount as well to, to fuel the training sessions and obviously be aligned with the body composition or performance related goals that the individual has recovery as well. You know, as much as I've just said about having a stressor, yeah, you know, you need to be fueled to train, you need to provide the stressor, but then you need to allow recovery to, to ensure positive adaptations occur. So there's the kind of big three um, with, you know, hydration, sleep, it all feeds into the same one being the fourth one there, but also all encompassing that and, and kind of over that as an umbrella is mindset and, all of those sound great on paper, but actually 
they need to be carried out into into yeah. practice and into reality and that comes and starts at the mind and and putting some systems in place around that something else i kind of feed into alongside the big rocks is once we have those in place we then look at kind of daily non-negotiables that might feed into that to ensure that these big rocks happen on a day-to-day -day basis it's all well and good you know having a goal so what we tend yeah. to say once we set a goal you know winners and losers have the same goal but it's all about your systems and structure that allow you to achieve that outcome um and that's that's where the magic lies really yeah i mean the more i speak to coaches um of you know and this is not blowing smoke up your your ass but coaches of your stature that really take their job passionately educate you know that the, the more i see so many uh, good trainers have those structures in place around obviously the, the gym but the coaching element you know the coaching side of things of making that client understand that winning and losing is you know is all about systems processes and, and hitting daily targets so i'm guessing you do this also for your general population and also the athletes or there's a similar approach is that right absolutely firstly it starts is they are both humans you know so the fundamentals and high performance habits remain the same consistent whether they are a general population client or whether they are an elite level athlete Obviously, there are certain nuances around the programming piece and around the stressor piece and, and recovery strategies from mm. an elite athlete. You know, um, we, we tend to say start where your feet are. So if I have provided the same program and the same stress to an elite level athlete um, that I then gave to a, a general population client with a relatively low training age, you know, that would obviously be um, probably suboptimal yeah. and they would yeah. break down. And in the same breath, if I gave you know, someone relatively new to the gym environments program to an elite level athlete, that wouldn't be enough of a stressor to allow for the positive adaptations to occur. So uh, the systems remain, the big rocks remain, you know, but let's use one of my boxes for, an, uh, for as, an, as an example, you know, training is definitely one of the big rocks there for sure. Nutrition plays such a pivotal role because in essence, yeah. especially in the boxing, we're not just fueling performance. We're also trying to make weight on the other end of the continuum. So yeah, we gosh. Absolutely. So we have to adopt a high and low strategy from a fueling point of view. Because otherwise, if we just try and fuel performance, they're not going to fight because they're, they're not going to be able yeah. to make that. So that's something that we have to look at. But the big one for me, especially with the elite level athletes, is recovery. And especially yeah. working in you know, combat sports, it's one of, the big, one of the big rocks and one of the big pieces we look at because these, these guys and girls you know, are going at it 100 miles an hour all the time. I will never have to tell them to work harder. What I try and do and bring some research back to methods in is to pull back slightly and say actually we don't need to go excuse the language but balls to the wall on every yeah. every single session there's certain sessions where we can pull back a little bit and uh, you know work on some other qualities that are then going to feed into the end outcome on a macro level of, of elite performance yeah amazing so i mean we'll get into it obviously but guys that are listening to this especially you kind of newer trainers Dan has um, a lot of education that's that's going to be coming out that's already out there. So we'll discuss that later on, but do check that out as well through the Perform 365 platform and also his new platform that I'll get him to kind of introduce. Um, so, okay, so diving into digital, you mentioned you pivoted quite early. Um, and, you know, tell us a bit about that. Kind of what have you been doing with regards to, let's call it online training for now? Yeah, I, an opportunity presented itself to me, Ben, just prior to the, the lockdown, actually. I was incredibly fortunate. Um, one of my roles is head of performance with Matrim Boxing and Sky Sports and Matrim got in, uh, got in contact. And so they wanted to run this new program going live on Sky. Oh, yes. And yeah, this is, you know, me well out of my comfort zone, to be quite frank. I've never <laughs> done anything like that before. So we got this in, as I say, literally just before lockdown. And we started a program called Fighting Fit, which was home workouts to be televised on Sky. And it was really well received. And actually, it, it, it was great as well. It, it kind of filled a void for me. And it gave me, I suppose, a little bit of purpose. And it gave me uh, mm. yeah, a bit of drive and some positivity through these times. So that was the initial positive just prior to lockdown, as mentioned. And then something that I developed as well, I, I saw a bit of an opportunity after a couple of weeks into this whole lockdown period, there was, you know, the con potential consumer or client has been, I suppose, sport for choice with the offering available via social channels in terms of live workouts and, you know, interaction engagement from trainers and other people who are, you know, putting content out there. 
Yeah. That said, you know, Ben, I'm, I'm big on structure. I'm big on outcome-led goals and, you know, putting the steps in place to reach those outcomes. And I'm also big on it not being a complete one-size-fits-all approach and stress yeah. management, as mentioned with the boxes, the high and low days. So that needs to be, you know, carried out with, with the everyday athlete as well. And doing all of these, you know, 100 burpees, 100 jump squats and all of this crazy high-intensity training five, six days a week, People are just going to break down. So then I thought, okay, there's going to be a problem here. A problem will arise over over a coming weeks. They might be able to tolerate it for a week or two, but people are going to need a little bit more structure to their training mm. and need needed to be a little bit more individualized. So I developed something called the Ultimate Home Workout Guide, which could be done with minimal equipment. You know, good to have a, a pair of dumbbells, which a lot of people did um, invest in quite quite early on. And you couldn't get them on Argos. I mean, they just sold out. I know. So. <laughs> It's, uh, they also put their prices up a lot of the companies as well. I suppose they saw yeah. an opportunity there. But uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people did get some kit in, which was great. And uh, yes, this guide I, I put together, it took me a few weeks to, to really dial it in and, and get, get it right. I think, as you're well aware, Ben, I've got pretty high standards, so I didn't want to just yeah. put anything, any old thing out there. But what it does, it tried to educate people around stress management, around progressive overload, around structuring their training weeks and kind of working out what they should be doing and still allowing them to do these high intensity lives, which are great, you know, one or two times a week instead of the six or seven times a week or a couple yeah. of times a day. So they then break down. So that was something that if I'm honest, Ben, it was a blessing in disguise because it gave me purpose and drive. Yeah. You know, I'm big on, as I say, outcomes, but I'm also big on setting a goal and trying to go for it. So my goal was I've got to get this out. I've got to get this out in a certain time frame, and it's got to be mm. a standard and add value to the potential audience and potential consumers. So that was a bit of a blessing in disguise for me. And, and again, filled a gap and filled a void for me as well. Yeah. Amazing. So there's one for you as well. So you kind of create a program to get the program out. Right. Um, which again, you know, I've talked about this a lot, how I still see certain trainers and still speaking to certain trainers when we're, um, speaking to them on the remote coach platform and they're just kind of still frozen on where to start or, um, you know, they are still thinking that, you know, ah, oh, the gyms will be open soon. So let's just not bother. And it's just, for me, it's like, I just keep telling them, get something done and get, get out there, get starting, you know, with the virtual side of things. So, okay. So we spoke about coaching. I know that you kind of, you've been doing online coaching for, for what, a few years now? Yeah. So we've got a company called P365 Online Coaching, which, you know, does what it says on the tin, so to speak. It's, uh, it work, we work with people worldwide, globally, which has just blown my mind, the power of social media that we've got clients in Australia, India, yeah. UAE, all over, which is absolutely incredible. So we've got some systems that we can use there. Um, and that's been going really well, especially through these times as well. Um, I think people, as I've alluded to, they, they go onto these social channels and do these live workouts, but there does come a point where they, they need something a little bit more individualized. So that's where, at first, I didn't promote it, I didn't do anything, and then almost waited for the right time to then say, oh, yeah. by the way, guys, we do have this platform available and we had this available for a long while that can really cater for you if you if you do want something a little bit more individualized. So we've got that, but we've also, with the existing clients that I see in a one-on-one -on -one capacity, we've used Remote Coach, which has yeah, been which great for us. Awesome. And yeah, yeah it, it's been good. I didn't want to, I'll be honest, Ben, I wanted to use this time to become better. I, I've got a growth mindset and I wanted to, you know, I've invested in a couple of mentors, invested in a lot of, a lot of books, a lot of audibles, a lot of courses. And I didn't want to just go into, dare I say, you know, the monotony of the day, monotony of the day to day of just training people continuously. I thought that that's probably not what I want to be doing right now, but in the same breath, I still need to cater for the clients who need me through these times. So I capped it at 12 sessions a week in terms of remote coaching sessions. Yeah. Um, and that allowed me to work on these other projects and things that have been on the back burner and the shelf for a while. It allowed me to, you know, get those out and get working on them, which has been great. It's so important. I, I can only, um, you know, or just see, you know, the, the growth from me personally as well. I took a step back myself and uh, Harry, who I've also had on this podcast, who, who owned Number One Fitness back in 2000. And I want to say 17, we made a conscious decision to stop being on the gym floor and start focusing on the business. You know, we were doing the 35, 40 sessions a week in our own studio. And we just realized that we weren't going to get that, that growth of the business. So again, yeah, totally, totally feel that's such a good point for you guys listening that 
you need time to focus not only on your business, but, but also to think about the focus of your business. You know, take that time away. What am I going to grow in? Which elements of the business can I grow? Yeah. So the online side of things, can you just tell us a bit more about how you've structured that? Is that a, do they have a check-in? Do they get a program? How have you kind of set that up? Yeah, absolutely. So with the actual online coaching, which is bespoke to them, it's all automated via the website. They go through the sign-up process. They fill in a, a questionnaire, very detailed questionnaire, and that then gets sent straight back to myself. I analyze the questionnaire. We set up an initial client call just to, as I say to them, peel the onion back a little bit further, um, find out a little bit more about them. And then we give kind of 72 hours to then go away and devise their bespoke programs. We use True Coach to manage the programs, which has been mm -hmm. an absolute godsend for us, actually. Yeah. I started the online coaching business without that, and I was doing it all on Excel spreadsheets, and it honestly been right. an absolute nightmare. So it really does improve the user experience with the videos mm -hmm. and dialogue that I can have as well. Because also, as mentioned, with clients signing up globally, they're obviously on different time zones. Yes. And I was finding it really hard to disconnect and switch off because I was giving these guys and girls my personal number and I'm getting messages at half 11 at night. And the nature of the beast, you know, I'm, I have to reply. I have to add value. Yeah. I cannot switch off if I get a message there is, you know, even if someone said to me, oh, well, don't just, just don't message or, or message tomorrow. That, there's no reality to that for me. So True Coach has been great for that. Um, and then, yeah, so they get their own individualized programs. They have a weekly checklist um, that's, that's embedded into the, uh, into the website as well. They get their own member dashboard on the website with, you know, recipe guides, eating out guides, um, lo loads of information on there for them, yeah. videos, you know. We've also just started as part of the Ultimate Home Workout Guide, a private members Facebook group. that We've got 100 individuals on that. Um, which has been great. And two of my coaches have been absolutely brilliant. I want to give them a shout out, Coach Dom and Coach Matt. Um, I, I owe them a lot because they've been really taking taking center stage with the, the kind of day-to-day -day on that. Yeah. And then we've got a really building a really engaging community. So we've done like a 21-day kickstart challenge for everyone. It's completely free for a, any purchase with the Ultimate Home Workout Guide, which by the way is only, it's under 20 pounds. It is so low cost. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's been good as well. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's it really. And then we hold people accountable with weekly check-ins as well. We, we ask for faster check weights every Monday morning. They have loads of markers on the weekly checklist that they, that they go through from resting heart rates, you know, macros, have they yeah. managed to hit their daily targets from a nutritional point of view. So it's, it's, it's pretty full on and it, it is for the right it takes the right individual who's really looking to make a change. We actually, there's a bit of a vetting process, to be honest, Ben. We don't just take on passengers. And the price point's not, you know, it's, it's not low. It's, you know, people have to, have to invest a bit more. It's just certainly more than the £20 I just mentioned because it is individualised. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're, there's a, yeah, it works both ways. So just on that, you know, because I know we've spoken about, um, let's call it uh, boundaries, um, you know, of client to, to coach. Have you kind of set, do you set boundaries as in, do you tell your, your online clients, um, you know, don't message me after seven or whatever, because I'll say the word so that you don't have to generally from my personal experience as well, that those online clients, if you guys are setting it up, with regards to online coaching, like Dan's talking about, will generally be more needier than your one-to-one face-to-face clients, in my opinion. Okay, they because they're not getting that as much face-to-face -face interaction. They'll have questions constantly, constantly, constantly. So, you know, how have you set those boundaries up? Yeah, so it's a really good point, Ben. And actually, sometimes I, I'm as bad, if not worse, than the client because I'm constantly thinking, oh, if I haven't spoken to or had any dialogue with this individual for the last three or four days, and maybe I haven't got their notifications on the True Coach app to say that they've carried out the program that I've devised for them, I then get worried of thinking, am I adding enough value here to this individual? <laughs> so it works both ways. But um, yes, I do, I do say to them almost jokingly on that initial client call, and I'll say, look, especially through these times, I've really improve the offering for my online clients because I have more time. So mm. I give my personal number. Uh, we do weekly check-ins on the phone as well, which has been, been really valuable, I find. And uh, their feedback has been awesome on that. But I do almost say it a bit tongue-in-cheek and a bit jokingly at the start to say, yeah, you know, don't, don't message me or call me after, uh, after sort of seven years. <laughs> yeah. We have a bit of a joke about it, but I do still say that because I, I have to because I've, look, Ben, I've done this, you know, 14 plus years now and... I'm all in, you know, I'm all yeah. in. 
client I take on board, which is why there is a vetting process for the individuals to make sure they are aligned with my core values and beliefs as a practitioner. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of have to say that and I've only really over the last 12 months realized that, you know, I need to be a bit smarter with things and, uh, and take care of number one, because in essence, if I'm run down or if I'm, you know, starting to resent my day to day and dragging my heels, my product is going to suffer. And in essence, the client is then going to suffer. Yeah. And that's, and that's the, the thing. Message to be young coaches as well, but is, is take care of number one, you know, yeah. work hard, work really hard. But have your systems in place, have your daily non-negotiables in place that, uh, you know, that, that allow you to execute and, and lead these kind of high performance habits that I mentioned before. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah, like you said, for the guys that are just starting off, you know, I, I always look at it this way that, you know, you, you are now looking at a different price point than your PT. So if you're charging for easy maths from, from my head on a Friday, um, you know, 150 quid a month. You know, just be aware that, you know, if you're spending 20 hours a month on that client, you're now making £7.50 an hour or whatever. So just be aware of that. Doesn't mean that you can't spend time, just put it into chunks, systemize it. You know, could it be a voice note rather than typing out a big email? That depends on your, you know, your values or whatever on how you communicate. But there are ways to do it and there are ways to obviously grow it like, like Dan has. So, okay, looking at then virtual training, how, and when I say virtual, so we, we differentiate um, the digital aspect of online coaching like we're speaking about now, virtual training meaning kind of live in the room with them when they need you. Um, how have you found it? You know, obviously you're using a remote coach platform. I'm obviously a bit biased. But what's the difference in, you know, not necessarily functionality, but what's the difference in training the client? You know, how have you found it? It was a struggle initially. I'm going to be honest, Ben. It was a struggle. I thought I'm going to really, you know, that's why I I capped it at 12. But at the start, I was only delivering a few sessions. I had a a number of clients saying they wanted to go down this route. And I was very hesitant at first. I'm an incredibly tactile coach. You know, I get I get stuck in I'm I'm not a hype man but I do get involved with you know with the coaching process so to speak so I found as we are now you know sitting behind a laptop and uh, and trying to coach people it was a struggle at first I've adapted now and I've definitely got used to it and I've actually half enjoy it as well now because mm. um, the clients understand it as well I think you know we've got kind of three types of learners here we've got visual learners auditory learners and kinesthetic learners and it works from the visual aspects and now I'm kind of flipping it to the client as well in terms of thankfully I've had client these clients for a long long while though mm. if these were new clients and I'd just taken them on board to, to start the journey it would be a hell of a lot harder because if they're visual learners if they're auditory learners you know so just for to give context you know visual learners for for people who can visually see me execute yes. certain movements and then they're like okay they they process that information and then it allows them to carry out that task. Auditory learners, they can then hear me give these verbal cues of, you know, neutralize the spine, you know, tilt your pelvis back slightly, whatever it may be. They can respond well to that and execute that task. If they're more down the kinesthetic side of things and, you know, they like the touch, they like the feel, they, they like me pulling their shoulder blades back to it. You know, if I, if I say retract and depress the scap, they're like, what the hell are you going on about? Yes. Oh, like you've got, you put your hands on them and then they can feel that, which only comes from in-person coaching. Then we're going to struggle a little bit more. Um, mm. so it does. It, it challenges you as a coach. As I say, even though being a coach for 14 years, this is completely new to me doing this online. Um, yeah. So as I say, struggle at first, identify what, what works best for the client. But in the same breath, I was pretty fortunate because I'd actually worked with these athletes and clients for a long yeah. while prior to you know, the lockdown happening, you know? I totally, like, I totally agree. I, I, you know, I'm still obviously training people online. Um, and one of the clients, um, in New York, I have actually seen her face to face as well, but you know, she's a long drive golfer. And so, you know, trying to speak about type two motion of the spine or trying to, you know, look at rotation. What I noticed was that the cueing of words verbally, it starts to slightly change. You know, I, I may be not as technical in, you know, cause I noticed that I'd be saying, you know, um, posterior tilt the pelvis, but when I'd say it in face to face, I'd actually be doing it. And you know, then are they seeing it or are they hearing it? And you yeah. know, so just, just note that guys as well, you know, you need to adapt to that person with different cues. You might say it twice, 
um, you know, and there may be different ways of how to how to cue it. But it's interesting. But you're enjoying it now. Yeah, yeah, I'm certainly enjoying. It. I think on that one as well for the guys listening is that if you have an outcome, how you articulate yourself to reach that outcome is incredibly important. And this is something that we're learning as individuals now of how to how to coach better and how to articulate our message better. So let's say you do have someone who, let's say they're doing a bent over row and they have a slightly rounded rounded spine. Okay, and we think okay for optimal position, optimal execution of that movement, we want to neutralize that spine. So how am I going to reach the outcome of telling that individual on how to read, how to you know neutralize the spine? Well, instead of saying, I want to get your spine neutral or I want to do X and Y, are we, we still here, Ben? Yeah, yeah, sorry, mate. My camera froze. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, yeah, if, if, so we want to reach that outcome. I could simply say, stick your bum out. Okay, yeah. so by sticking the bum out cue, they then neutralize their spine. So they've reached the outcome that we're looking for without us having to, to give, you know, complete... Yes cues that goes way over their head so i think there's ways to reach an outcome and the way we articulate our message it can actually help us develop as coaches totally i mean you know it's we were working on getting that rotation and you know i love it where you're putting the cigarette out with the foot just to, to drive that internal rotation yeah. and yeah. it's so funny because they laugh as well so it's like oh i know what you mean when you're talking to me and doing coach talk um, i don't necessarily know but you know so Staying on the digital and virtual side of things then, I'm reading this unbelievable book at the moment. It's called Augmented. And I mentioned this to, uh, I believe, Harry the other day. But, you know, he's talking about what the future looks like. Now, I, like you, I love the face-to-face -face side of training clients, being there, you know, being in that environment, the gym. But what do you see the future looking like? You know, when we're talking about, you know, and it may sound far-fetched, we're talking about driverless cars. We're talking about wearables that like Samsung have, which, you know, we'll be, we're looking at everything from blood pressure to whatever it might be. You know, how do you see your position, not necessarily working with the elite athlete, but with the general population? You know, are you going to be growing this online side of things, you know, more so? Or is it, always at the, is it always going to be kind of like just an element of your business? Do you, do you kind of see it going places? It's a hard one to know, isn't it? And I think it was the, the, the owner of Equinox, obviously a global brand with a lot of money invested in, in the yeah. in coaching space. And I think they were very honest with saying there is going to be a shift. There is going to be a transition into more of a digital age. And in fact, I'm in the process now of, starting to change my offering and potential offering to be honest Ben it was something that you know as I said I've, I've done this a long while and I've delivered a high volume of sessions over the course of a, a long period of time I have yeah. reduced session frequency in prior to this happening session frequency uh, considerably over the last you know few years and the session rate price point per rate has increased and we do very we very much do outcome-led packages for the right client now that said I still want to pull back a little bit further Look, I'm a coach. I enjoy coaching. I enjoy in-person coaching and, and allowing or assisting someone to reach their goals. That, that means a lot to me. But it may be going down the route now of if I was to see someone three times a week in person, I may just see them one to two times in person and then continue doing you know one to two, depending on the client, yeah. of these remote coaching style sessions and then doing 30-minute yeah. you know, strategy meetings, maybe bi-weekly or even weekly with the individual, again, client-dependent. Um, so I think there is going to be a shift and I think from my own personal experience, it could be a positive one for me because if mm. this situation will allow me to change my business model further to be more aligned with what my own kind of utopian mixes of what I want out of life, to be quite frank. Yes. Um, so important. So yeah, important. Absolutely. And as mentioned, I've, I'm all in on this, you know, my, my profession, but there's other buckets, if you like, in terms of what I want to achieve in life that are completely malnourished and not getting any love so maybe it's a time to pivot slightly and say okay relationships family life and all, all of the other stuff that uh, they've definitely not had had much love for a while um mm. they, then maybe i can put a bit more energy into that if i do pull back from you know my, my business side of things in terms of in-person coaching you know me long enough to know yeah i won't be taking my foot off the accelerator in regards to the business model but uh, yeah no, it's interesting to hear your thoughts, definitely, because I think we, we all get into this as fitness coaches because we love 
not only helping people, but, but the fitness side of things. So being behind a phone and being behind a laptop is not being active, even if it's just pulling that lap pull down machine to the client or picking that kettlebell up and demoing a couple of reps. So definitely, you know, the face to face is something that we all love to do, but it just obviously removes all those barriers, right? You know, you can suddenly have that client in New York or wherever it might be, especially if they're in the same time zone. Okay. So there are some of the trainers have mentioned that they're struggling to, you know, keep their clients, I guess, progressing, you know, structuring their sessions. Is there any kind of tips you can give on how you've kept your clients progressing through this period or keeping that engagement going? Yeah. Keeping the engagement going firstly, just communicate with them, you know, and do your sessions, but also check in with them frequently to make sure they are on track. This situation is hard for everyone. And, you know, they, you've got to get their systems right. And I, I used the word earlier, daily non-negotiables. So five daily non-negotiables for me personally may well be, you know, training, nutrition, very much an arbitrary measure, but 10,000 steps a day, my morning kind of meditation and mobility that might only take 10 minutes and no Netflix before 7 p.m. So we talk about high performance habits and uh, they, you know, if I do, I know if I do those five daily tasks consistently, I'm probably going to have a pretty productive day based on what's important to me and my, you know, yeah. just bring it back around to big rocks. So I think, yeah, set some systems, set some basic targets for them outside of your training sessions. And in regards to progression in your session, you know, what are the drivers that the, regardless of whether we're in a gym, the fundamentals remain the same. How yes. am I going to improve this client? Okay. We set a goal. We reverse engineer the process to reach that goal. What means do they have available to them to enable them to reach that goal from a stressor point of view? What is a fundamental driver in improving performance and improving that client? And I'll use a mountain analogy on this. You know, you don't reach the summit without earning the right to progress. And you, you don't just apply huge amounts of stress upon someone right away. You need to provide the right amount of stress to allow them to continually improve, as we mentioned earlier with the boxer and the, the everyday athlete um, scenario. So if they've got a pair of dumbbells, we need to be... And it, let's say they've got two 20 kilo dumbbells. Well, for certain individuals, that might not be enough of a stress if they were doing a conventional dumbbell press, for example. Okay, yeah. how can I now manipulate maybe tempo, manipulate rep ranges, manipulate obviously loading strategies we can't change, but maybe bring some accommodate, accommodating resistance in, in the form of bands to alter the strength curve. How can I make it harder and provide enough of a stressor to allow that client to improve? And in essence, just because we haven't got the toolbox that we've got available when we were at number one fitness or, you know, what, yeah. what the gym that we're at with the luxury of a trap bar, a safety bar, a squat rack or whatever it may be. It doesn't matter as long as you, again, start where your feet are, identify where that client is, identify how much volume they need, type of programming that they need based on their goals and go out and execute it. You know, I, I think it, people look, are looking at this through such a negative lens. There's two ways of looking at this. You can either succumb to your environment or you can actually thrive in your environment. And yes, it takes experience, it takes systems to allow us to thrive. But once you have all of that in place, just be consistent with your execution and keep working towards your goal. You know, I'm not having the fact that, um, especially look, people, you know, using bottles of water to do bicep curls, that's not enough of a stress. You know, yeah. let's be real out here, you know, come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. There you have it. But do you know what? I think it, it dives onto the point of education. And if we're being brutally honest, um, one of the first guests I had on here was Emma Barry, director or ex-director of group fitness at Equinox. And she said, you either innovate or die. And that's with every business. And she also said, which I, I strongly agree, is that this kind of being a PT and only giving people workouts and actually not putting time into your passion is not going to happen anymore because you need to educate yourself. If you're struggling with putting sessions together, of course, you know, we've all been there, but you need to, you know, educate yourself on how you can maybe program better or what, you know, what can you be doing in the consultation to, like Dan said, you know, reverse engineer it. But it probably ties in nicely with, you know, further education, which I know you've just launched. So do you want to kind of maybe talk about that? Because guys, you know, this is the time when you're not in sessions to start learning. Do you want to tell us about that, Dan? Yeah, thanks, Ben. Yeah, myself and my osteopath colleague, who's a great guy, but also a great practitioner, Doug Tannehill, we've worked together for a number of years and we've seen a potential gap there of 
I suppose, you know, coaches or, or let me use the word trainers, people being out there in the industry, providing mm. exercises where they're not actually coaching individuals. They're not improving their fundamental skills to become a better coach, to improve the client journey and experience. And it all starts with the individual. Do they have that growth mindset to become better? And then we looked at what was available out there. And yes, there are courses, there's certifications, some of which are very good and some others maybe not, not, not so. And then we thought, we can, we can do this. You know, we've got a combination yeah. of above 25 years experience in the industry, working all the way through various different levels from 70-year-old you know, general population clients to you know, world champions in elite sport. So we feel we've got something to give there. And uh, also on the same breath, we, we want to add value. That is our primary driver here. We're not doing this for, for, for money, for any other you know, ulterior motive. Mm. The goal is to upskill our industry. So that came the birth of AVID, Adding Value Education. And we launched that uh, about a week ago now, actually, after a lot of work. We're still finalizing one of our courses, uh, which is probably going to be titled What They Don't Teach You After Your Level, or What They Don't Teach You on Your Level Three, you know, Life yeah. After Level Three. We're still working on that. Um, you know, the Level Threes are great. And I know you guys at Number One provide, you know, great education there. And you're yeah. very much aligned with what, what we're about as well. It's not just about giving someone a bit of paper, signing it, and saying, yes, you're ready for the big bad world of training. You know, yeah. we're giving people fundamental systems and aftercare um, so that they, when they do start coaching people, they know what to do in terms of, you know, the, the soft skills. Yes, the, the programming side of things is important, but also, you know, giving them par cues, giving them systems, give it, give, just giving them the tools from what we've done as frontline coaches. So we're super excited for that. We're going to be running workshops. I run a couple of workshops as like kind of teasers with you guys over the last couple yeah. of years at Number One Education, which were thankfully very well received. So yeah. super excited for that. And as I say, it's called AVID, Adding Value value, adding value Education, get the name right. And uh, yeah, very excited for that moving forward. Where can they find you? You know, do you want to just tell us the website or the yeah, Instagram? So, um, Instagram handle would be at AVID and the website is three W's dot avid.co.uk i believe and at the moment we've got a landing page where you guys can simply just put your email address in and then we'll notify you of uh, once we have our first course live awesome so so stay tuned with that guys um okay i mean we we probably connected it's got to be what maybe three years ago maybe two years ago two three years ago um just from obviously being in the industry but for me personally you know it's been it's been good to see you know, you've kind of stuck to your guns uh, with regards to your your Instagram, especially. And I'm just going to say Instagram because as fitness professionals, it's the most visual, right? You know, and um, the reason why I'm touching on this is because Dan's built then an audience um, of not only clients, but also many trainers because he talks, you know, from a layman's terms, but also from an educational standpoint for coaches We've seen some trainers ask us questions like, you know, God, I mean, I've got no followers. You know, how do I even get started on building an audience? You know, if you've got maybe just even three tips that you've kind of stuck to that, that uh, you know, trainers could look at. Yeah, definitely, Ben. I think, you know, social media is a good, a good means to get your message across and it needs to be. You, you need to know your values initially as, as a coach and what you're trying to achieve from it and, and not kind of blur the lines, so to speak. And I'd say if the main goal is to get followers for the sake of getting followers uh, and in essence boosting your ego, then you maybe need to reassess your why. You know, yeah. in the same breath, if you're doing it to get followers to then feed into your business model, then completely I'm with you on that. And that's always been my motto, Ben, is that... Um, you know, I'm active on the, on the social channels because it, it assists my business and it gives me a platform to influence more people and, and add value yeah. and change people's lives in essence. And you're right. I have, and I appreciate that. I have stayed true to my guns. I've, I want to add as much value as possible. I, I try and articulate myself in, in a way that is accessible to everyone. Uh, I know at times some people jokingly say that they don't know what the hell I'm going on about. So I do try and break things down, but, um, yeah, tip one for me would be to add value. You know, it's yeah. simple. Like if you're adding value, you're going to get eyes on you. You're going to drive more following. You, you know, over time, it's uh, it's going to lead to more followers and a greater audience. What I'd say as well, if you have a great product in your shop, but the front door is always closed, 
then no one, no one's ever going to buy into you. No one's going to see that product. So we all need to, you know, get more followers and show people what, what we're all about and be seen in this noisy world of social media. Um, yeah. So number one would be add value. Number two would be consistent. So be consistent with your content. Don't just put one post out and then expect to get a load of followers from it. You need to layer it and be consistent day on day. So point number two or tip number two would be to be consistent after adding value is point number one. And I think number three would be be authentic. You know, there's yeah. a lot out there where people are trying to be the next whatever or trying to be like someone else or taking someone's content and rejigging it and making their own. And I think just be real, be authentic, identify who you are and what your core beliefs are. Um, and don't just talk about it, be about it. And I think that's something I can say hand on heart. You know, I've, I don't just talk about this. I, I, I'm all in. I, I'm all about yeah. this in my everyday life. And I think that comes across to show the authenticity of, of the individual and of the coach. Um, you know, don't be doing top off and booty picks. Look, if that's your audience and that's your goal, I'm sure you'll get some followers from that. But in essence, is that... You won't get engagement. You won't get engagement. And is that going back to point number one of adding value? Are you adding any value or are you just massaging your ego there? Yeah. So I think what I will say, Ben, on that in terms of driving audience is your values and vision drive every decision. Something Craig Valentine talks about on his, his podcast and in his book, Perfect Life Formula. Unless you know your values and unless you know your vision, and what I'd probably implore people to do is write a mission statement of what you're looking to achieve in this industry. It could be very short. Mm. And then once you have that, put everything into that and go all in on that. And that will yeah. direct your social media strategy after that as well. Because otherwise you've got these kind of blurry lines. And, and I had it, you know, many years ago when I, you know, I've, I've been blessed to work in elite sport for, for a long while. And with the Perform 365 building of the brand, I, I didn't know whether this was, I was just going to talk to athletes or whether I was going to talk to the everyday athlete or how I was going to mm. go. And my message maybe got a little bit lost for a while. And that's then led me to have various different streams of the business. We've now got Perform 365, which is more along the athletic population side of things. P365 online coaching, which is more for the everyday athletes. So the language mm. audience I talk on that channel is very, very different. Uh, then we've got another one, which I don't really shout about much on the social channel is Mayfair Elite Coaching, which works with, yeah. you know, um, individuals in and around central London and the Mayfair area. So again, it's identifying who your audience is, reverse engineering as, as though you would with a client anyway, and then totally talk to that audience. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is the thing guys, like, you know, Dan said he, he has actually got a few different people that would be getting spoken to. Right. I think if you are just your everyday trainer and that's no, that's not disrespectful. We're all everyday trainers. But what I mean by that is if you mostly work with the general population, look at who they are, you know, look at their personas, you know, are they a certain age? Are they, you know, all really interested, like I said earlier in golf or something like that. And because you have attracted those because of your qualities and your values and your education, you know, discuss it, talk about your everyday. You've done a session with that client, you know, it might be Julie who's, you know, coming back from a hip replacement, talk about what you've done, show how you've added value and show the education because the one thing is clear for sure, consumer fitness. So people that are wanting to get into fitness, let's call them the clients, that's rising. And with it rising, they're wanting to get more educated. The whole bullshit approach of seven minute abs, you just, you know, people laugh at it now, but that actually made money back in the day. Mm. So they're looking for people with experience, with education. And then like Dan said, you know, create that consistent platform. And I guess, you know, by talking like you have, that's also though elevated the brand, right? I'm guessing that then you're able to vet these clients because they know that they're going into a platform that's professional. Completely agree. And that, again, it starts with my own individual standards and my core values as a practitioner, but also my core values as a, as a human being. And I know that I'd be dragging my heels if, you know, clients were turning up late or clients weren't bringing any energy to sessions. You know, these are, these are my standards. And, uh, and that allows me to thankfully be in demand and go through an element of a vetting process to who I coach and who I work with. Because otherwise, if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, what's the point? You know, I love yeah. what I do every single day, Ben. And kind of going back to what you were saying there as well, in terms of the language, like talk the, talk the language of the client, you know, if they've got a problem, find a solution and they need to resonate with the language that you, you know, you're, you're talking about. And 
what I'd say as well, especially with the social channels, is people are trying to go down this route of, you know, strength conditioning and, and you know, high performance. Well, that's all well and good. But if you do just tra train Jane and John every single day, um, you know, in, in your local gym, then there's massive misalignment there of what you're trying to achieve. So just talk yeah. the language to Jane and John. And they may then get their friends involved because you are the guy or girl who's talking to them and, and helping them um, overcome a problem, you know? For sure, for sure. It's, it, I think it goes with the trainer and the ego. I mean, I, I, you know, I remember back in the day just wanting to work with athletes and, you know, I want to work with celebrities. And then you, you realize celebrities are never in London, you know, because they're traveling so much. And, you know, the athletes you know, half of them, you, it's, it's so difficult. You know, obviously I, I work more with than tennis and football, but it's, it's difficult. Um, you know, the your bread and butter are your general population that, you know, you actually can get some really good results with. They're consistent, they pay you money um, and you can build, build a business. Um, and I'll, I'll say finally on that, and you can have impact. We can yeah. really change, you know, yes, elite level athletes are great. You know, when you achieve outcomes with them, honestly, for me, there's nothing more rewarding, but also, we can have huge impact on the everyday athlete who really needs our help, who's hunched over a desk for hours on end, who doesn't understand anything about energy balance, who doesn't understand anything about fueling and just basic fundamentals. And if we can get some quick wins with them, we can have huge impact on that individual's life. And again, that is super rewarding for anyone or anyone who's aligned with mine and your yeah. of why we got into this industry. That for me is what it's all about. Yeah. So persona wise guys, for, if you haven't done it before, a really easy way to do that is to look at your client base and just break them up. You know, so are they mostly male? Are they mostly a certain age? Are they interested in the same things? And you can go really deep into this. You know, where do they, what, what, what papers do they read? You know, what sort of jobs do they do? You know, cause that's where you start really finding out kind of the language, but okay, Dan. So I guess the last question I have for you, cause I'm, conscious of time as well but from a business perspective right and you said you've taken a step back you know what three things would you say you've grown with um from a business perspective that you could tell a trainer to focus on that's not anatomy physiology you know so on a business perspective what three things could could trainers be learning you used the word systems earlier ben and you're only as strong as your systems. And I realized that I got the online coaching business to, you know, a good level. And I was blown away by the location geographically where these people were from, as mentioned. But then I realized my systems were not good enough to deal with that. As mentioned, I was doing it all on Excel spreadsheets and I became incredibly overwhelmed. And I, I'm happy to admit that because I don't want any young coach to feel the same. And I then had to take a step back. I, I closed all access to my for new clients to my online coaching business and realized that I had to get some some external help in to make my yeah. system a lot more automated and, and better. Then I invested in True Coach, you know, we're doing the thing with the remote coach and and mm. I think you yeah. Tip number one would be you're only as strong as your system. So going away from the X's and X's and O's of programming, just get some form of automation in the back end of your business. Um, yeah. And yeah, really try and try and improve that that side of things. I think uh, you know, becoming you've just got to have that growth mindset. You, you've got to be wanting to learn every single day, and we can learn anything from anyone. They haven't got to be you know working in the health and well-being or mm. industry. We can learn of how to articulate our message, how to talk to someone, how to treat another human better. And programming's great, okay. But you're right. in fact, I just did, did the workshop on programming. But as I yeah. did the workshop with you guys last week is the program is only as good as the client who's actually carrying it out. You could have a great program on paper, but if you can't communicate that program to an individual, so maybe we start going away and reading books on communication about different archetypes, you know, different, different individuals of how they, you know, whether they are a kinesthetic learner, whether they're a visual mm. learner, all of this stuff really helps become a better coach and a better communicator that will then feed into a better business, so to speak. And uh, one more. Oh, finally, Ben, you're killing me. You throw me a curveball. <laughs> that was my question list. Um, well, I mean, you, you've, you've, yourself, you've, you've uh, invested in some kind of, like you said, mentoring, right? And learning, but you know, you, you must, you know, accounting, just even finances. Is there anything from a business perspective that way? 
Yeah, definitely. I'm certainly not the type of person to come on here and start talking about accounting and, uh, and systems there. My accountant will laugh, laugh at it if he heard this because I'm awful at that side of things. But uh, it's something you have to, you know, you have to do. And we've got Stripe as our accounting system and payment system, all of the back end of the website. And so it takes a huge weight off my shoulders. So for any young coach, without doubt, don't. Don't think, oh, I've got to release an ebook. I've got to release a product. I've got to do this, you know. Build your following. Understand your values. Understand what you're trying to achieve. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, this is, I've got 14 years in the game here, and I'm only starting to release these products now. And I still feel like I've got so much to learn, you know. Uh, I hate the word expert. Like, people people throw that around, uh, you know, willy-nilly. And uh, I, I'm nowhere near that level yet. I need to learn every single day. I'll listen to two podcasts a day. I'll listen to my Audible. I'll read a book. Um, which has been another blessing through these times. It's allowed me to grow, grow even more. We've got a mentor in the kind of high performance and strength conditioning world. We've got kind of a grouped mentorship program that we're using in terms of you know uh, branding and marketing side of things as well. Because these are areas I need to get better in. You know, yeah. I believe I'm a good coach, but I need to understand marketing better. I need to get the back end of the website better. And I have. I've invested time and energy. And all I'll say as well is, don't try and do it all yourself. You know, there's there's things out there. I think Ben, we spoke about Fiverr the other day. I I get yeah. to use it properly, but I know you guys use it, and loads of people use it. So, for all these low pay tasks and stuff that I know as a coach, at the end of the day, we're coaches. It builds it builds huge anxiety, and and it makes you feel overwhelmed when we start talking about accountancy, and we start talking about you know systems and and all of this stuff and logo design. That's not something I'm going to spend hours on. Go and invest in someone else, you know, get your money in from coaching and invest it back into the business. And then over time, your business will get better. Your brand will improve. Your values will be aligned with what you set them as. Your following will grow and everything feeds into the same goal. And this is the thing is we spoke before about fog and misalignment and blurry and murky water. You'll be, it's mad how the compounding effect of doing things consistently and then you break that kind of iceberg, if you like, of all that hard work that people don't see. And then before you know it, the compounding effect of, wow, things are really happening and you've then got a brand. Well, yeah, I've got a brand now because that's taken years of being consistent and yeah. knowing the core values and beliefs. Yeah, I think, you know, hand in glove, we've got to probably end it there. But, you know, it's powerful, guys. You know, Dan's worked with some of the, you know, the, the best British or world athletes, right? And from around the world. And to say, you know, he wants to learn about the back end of a website. So for you guys that are starting off, we're all in this together. We want to build this community through Digital Coach. Dan, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks for having me, Ben. And keep up the good work, buddy. Cheers.